This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, September 13th, 2020. Fearfully and wonderfully made eyes. Good morning, Connection Church. Here, there, everywhere. Good morning. So glad you're here with us and we worship together on this gorgeous Sunday morning. Today's week two of our series, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. Last week, Bonnie, great job, Bonnie. Yeah, great yeah, yeah, job, yeah. Bonnie. She shared with us how important our feet are as we're called to share the good news of Jesus Christ. This morning, we're going to consider what the Bible has to say about eyes. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Thank you so much for joining us here today, those of you who are joining us online. I can see who's on Facebook pretty much. Hey, CJ, all the way from Texas. Good, Go Eagles, that's what he said. That's your message, Alan. And um, those of you who are joining us on YouTube, just can you grab your phone and let, let us know that you're watching us on at least a Facebook note so that we can see that we're all here together. We are one church and many locations, there are at least 63 households in addition to those of us here who are tuning in on Facebook and more on YouTube. So we're just glad to be together. I need to give a, co a commercial. September 16th is a really big day. September 16th is Wednesday. It's like in just a few days. And there's two big things happening. The first big thing that's happening is a new gardening small group. Becky Hunter, who's here today, is leading that, and it's in the morning, and you come, and you're going to help beautify uh, our church, and it's going to be really, really awesome. What time should we be here? Ten, is it nine? Nine to 11. Yeah, nine to 11. So it's a really great time. It's a short term. She, she has a devotional ready. If I wasn't in staff meeting, I'd be coming. So anyway... Um, it sounds really, maybe we'll have to change that. Anyway, no, it's okay. So be a part of that, and it'll be really awesome. The other thing that's happening on Wednesday night is Alpha. Alpha, we are doing an online Alpha. You can, like, take it in the comfort of your home, but you do have to register because you have to get the Zoom link. So you can't just show up because you have to have the Zoom link and have it ready. We already have small groups that are filling up and we might even need to get some more small group leaders who we're calling hosts because there's such a great response. We hope that you, if you haven't been a part of it, will show up and join us and anybody online, whether you consider Connection Church your home or whether you're just showing up today with us, you can come to Alpha too. So uh, a big invite to all. Did I say that I'm Carrie Jones? I am. I'm Alan Jones. And Am we I are on? I don't, I'm not hearing it. Is it coming through? Yeah. Okay. We are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a great day. It's a great day <coughs> to be together in the, as the family of God. Lord, we have so many... Um, so many things that we can say about you, just as Marisha saying, uh, one thing that we know is that we all need a savior. So we give this time to you, settle us in right where we're at, help remove any kind of distractions so that we can really key in 
on what you would have for each one of us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Wow, we got a lot of shout outs here. We've got uh, the Florida Reynolds. We have, hey, Linda and Boyd, so nice that you're joining us. And Catherine and Pat and, oh, Kathy's in Maine. Man, we've, we even have somebody from Costa Rica. Costa Rica. We're Amber. international. We're like international now. So it's really, really cool. And we are just thankful that each one of you are joining us. Just want to say hey to Sheldon. Glad you're here. Glad you're okay. And we'll see you next week. Only one week of rest for you. Okay. There you go. All right. So I want to get started. The eye. Wow. The eye. We find it mentioned a whopping 564 times in the Bible. That's a lot. Um, it's roughly equivalent to how often we hear combined ear, mouth, tongue, and nose. Our first encounter with the eye in the Bible comes right at the beginning, chapter 2 of Genesis. Check this out. The Lord made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So the Lord provided for humankind. Here we read how God provided trees that were good for food. Good for food. And you know, God could have stopped there. He could have stopped. He could have just given us what we need to sustain bodily needs, our, our nutrition, given us what we need for our energy. He could have stopped. But that's not how God works, is it? No. God's a God of beauty. The God of creation is a God of beauty. Aren't you glad that God shares that beauty with us? Amen? Amen. Yeah. These, these trees were not only good for food, but they were pleasing to the eye. And God created us to find pleasure in the things that he created around us. It's just so cool. You know, we just got back for a week and a half down at Ocean City, Maryland, and we uh, just so enjoy the beach and what we our last series lessons from the beach we are so glad that god shares the sunrises and sunsets you know the the surf and the sand and the seashells and the sea even the seagulls have a beauty to them as long as they're not snatching up my louis pizza anyway all those beautiful things and not just the beach you know god has shared in life all the beautiful things that surround us god gives those to us isn't god awesome yeah amen yeah. amen yeah so the eye, pleasing to the eye. Now there's a flip side of that. Sometimes we need to be careful when it comes to what is pleasing to the eye. Check out what happens in the very next chapter of Genesis chapter 3. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. <laughs> As we've shared before this passage, God had warned them not to eat the fruit from the tree that was right there in the middle. It wasn't off on the side, I had to sneak out. It was right in the middle, right there. But it was just so tempting. It's just so tempting. Good for food, 
pleasing to the eye, and desirable for wisdom. Wow. You know, we have to be careful. We have to be careful, too, when it comes to that which is pleasing to the eye, because sometimes pleasing to the eye can be detrimental to the soul. Oh, yeah. You know, sitting on the beach, we saw some interesting sights down there. Let me tell you. There's some very interesting um, attire walking up and down the beach to the point where you gotta, you got to turn away. you got to turn away from it. I'm like, just, Alan, just quit looking. <laughs> Uh, I'll talk to the men especially here. We're very visual creatures, aren't we? We're especially visual. So we need to be very careful what we cast our eyes on. Because those images will literally burn into our brains. They will burn into our brains. And those burned images will allow our brains to go places that we shouldn't go. Not just at the beach. You know, we're... We're, we're in a culture and a, and a society now where in the very privacy of our homes, homes we're able to call up, pull up images on that computer, images that, that sometimes we might think are pleasing to us, but they certainly are not pleasing to God. Can I get an amen? Amen. So it reminds us of a song that some of us might have learned when we were kids. Oh, be careful, little eye, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above, he's looking down on in love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Yeah, <laughs> some of you know it. Cute song, but a lot of truth to it's it, isn't it? It's cute, but when you really think about it, boy, it really is yeah. really something. Now there's a, a group called Casting Crowns. We do a lot of their songs. And they have a song called Slow Fade, and they took some of these lyrics. Now, I'm not going to sing because I could not dare co be compared to them. <laughs> Paul, Paul Donovan could if you're watching, Paul. But. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. It's the second glance that ties your hands as darkness pulls the strings. Be careful, little feet, where you go, for it's the little feet behind you that are sure to follow. Now that's, that's a big one. In the chorus, it's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white have turned to gray. Thoughts invade, choices are made, a price will be paid when you give yourself away. People never crumble in a day. Oh, it just happened, no. People never crumble in a day. It's a slow fade. It's a slow fade. Mm. And so children's song or current adult lyric is not a bad verse to keep in your pocket, pull out when needed, right? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Back to Genesis. Genesis 3, verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them, Adam and Eve, were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Their eyes were opened. And once they were opened, there was no turning back. End of the innocence. They now realize their nakedness, their vulnerability, their weakness, their fall from grace, their need for cover, their need for protection, their need for forgiveness. You know, there comes a point in each of our lives 
where our eyes are so open that it's the end of the innocence for us as well. And each one of us, it's a different age, different circumstance. No two stories are identical. And once that happens, we can't go back either, can we? End of the innocence. But we can recognize what we are vulnerable to, that which are uh, opened eyes, that which opened our eyes, that which our eyes maybe shouldn't see. And we can seek God's help in controlling ourselves and what we look at. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. The eye. As I said in the beginning, there's 564 times that the eye is mentioned in the New International Version. But 53 of them, according to a guy named Ron Cantor, he's a Messianic or a Jesus-believing Jew. He wrote an article and he says this phrase, If I have found favor in your eyes, you ever heard of that? Finding favor in your eyes, that's a biblical expression. Um that's used to ask someone for something, both God and other people. For example, Abraham used that expression when he asked the three visitors in Genesis 18 to stay. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. In the Old Testament, when Samuel's mother Hannah was seeking the Lord, she said to her priest, Eli said, may your servant me, Hannah, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And so I've used that expression. I, I'd like to find favor in your eyes, but our ultimate goal isn't favor in one another's eyes. It's important, but the ultimate goal is finding favor in the eyes of the Lord. For the Lord, that's what we want for the Lord to look favorably upon us. So according to this guy Cantor, the writer of this article, favor in ancient Israel was always expressed through the face. Through the face. It's what we find in the blessing found in the book of Numbers that God gave Moses to share with his brother Aaron, the priest, to bless the Israelite nation. And, and you know, I grew up with this as the, uh, as the benediction every Sunday in the church that I attended. Um, and maybe you've heard it be, as well. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his, sometimes it says countenance, but this translation says his face. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Yeah. So Ron Cantor shares in the article to find favor in the eyes of the Lord, for the Lord to make his face shine upon you. That happens when we put our faith, our trust in the Lord. When we stop saying no to Jesus, we begin to say yes. When Jesus is no longer someone that we just read about in the Bible, but someone that we're in relationship with, someone that we journey with every, every day, all the moments of our day, someone that we trust with our very lives. When Jesus becomes your Lord and Savior, God's face shines upon you. Now, that doesn't mean that just because we're in challenges and difficulty that God's face has turned against us. God's always shining his face and shining favor upon us. 
always. As believers, we get to embrace that and know that we are not out of the grasp of our loving God, no matter what we're faced with. We all seek finding favor in the eyes of the Lord, but the Lord's already doing that. The Lord is already doing that. And so we find eyes a lot in the scriptures, and, and, and Jesus used eyes a lot in his teaching. Like where he said that if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. Better to lose part of your body than your whole being. That's pretty serious business, isn't it? Now, we might say, oh, that's hyperbole. We've used that term a couple times in the last month. Hyperbole, you know, an exaggeration, not to be taken literally. I don't know. Maybe he didn't mean literally gouge it out because it would be better to lose your eye than to lose your soul. Either way, he's reminding us here, uh, be careful of eye, <laughs> what you see. He, he didn't sing the song, but basically that's what Jesus is saying. Be careful of eye, what you see. Now, the Hebrews had this idea, eye for an eye. Have you heard of that? Eye for an eye, meaning to get even with someone. Now, Jesus flipped, his, flipped this all around in his teaching by telling his fo followers, instead of eye for an eye, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Well, not allowing someone else's behavior to control ours. That doesn't mean that we're a doormat. It just means that what somebody is doing, how somebody has offended us, does not, our response does not have to be right back. But we can take the high road. Take the high road. Jesus pointed out that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Eyes, eyes, eyes. The eyes have it, don't they? Yeah. So in the seventh chapter of the book of Matthew, part of this extended teaching we've talked about, which is known as the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7, book of Matthew. This is from 7. He uses the eye as a focal point of one of his best-known parables. Maybe you've heard this one before, Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Jesus says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, take that speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, Jesus says. Well, he beats this, one, beats this one pretty hard. The third time now he's saying, take the plank out of your own eye first, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. He, doesn't, he didn't leave a whole lot to uh, misunderstanding here, did he? <laughs> he covered the idea three times in that little section. Yeah. He's really stepping on some toes, perhaps yeah. yours, perhaps mine. Hello. Most of us are a lot better at pointing out shortcomings of others than taking a look in the mirror and seeing our own. Of pointing out the speck of sawdust in the eye of another, yet ignoring the plank in our own eye. And sometimes in those relationships that we are closest in, we are the worst offenders of this. And so um, we read... In John 3, 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. That's you and me. 
through him. If Jesus is not here to condemn, now that doesn't mean anything goes. That means that, you know, we need to walk it out in the truth and have our behaviors um, model in the likeness of Jesus. But God is the judge, not us. Hmm. Okay, so nice little tour de force this morning on I. You know, it's good we, we have, didn't do all 564. We still haven't covered, like, keep your eye on, G, you know, uh, yeah, there's more and more and more hey, and more. Hey, I do have one. Bob Halstead. Some things we think pretty, but it's the things clothed with the Lord's beauty that are most pleasing to the eye. There you go. That is, that's a really good scripture. There you go. Yeah. And then do a, uh, do a search on, like, uh, Bible Gateway or whatever. And you'll get all these scriptures with the eye, and it's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. I mean, we've hardly, not even hardly, we barely touched the service this morning. So, but so what? Okay, cool. You, eyes in the Bible. So, what? Well, well, simply put, we recognize the eye as the entry point to a lot of what we take in. At least for those who can see, you know. And as such, on the one hand, we need to be careful as we've said, about what we let in through this entry point. Got to be careful. Careful of lies, <laughs> what you see. You know, we're our own gatekeepers. It's up to us to, to be aware of what's getting through these gates. It's important to remember that what we find pleasing to the eye may not be pleasing to God. On the other hand, we realize that the eye is frequently used in expressions um, because it is the entry point. Just as Bob pointed out in that scripture, God gives us such beauty to gaze upon. It's such an important, of, important thing in everyday life, our eyes. Those of us with vision issues, those of us, you know, I've had cataracts. Things are kind of gray, and when they came off, it's like, wow, it's just sharper and beautiful. Some have, you know, really poor vision, and I pray that the images are burned in the brain, you know. God gives images. The eye is so important, and that's why it's found in Scripture 564 times in the New International Version. Close your eyes for just a moment. Wherever you're at, just close your eyes for a moment. Can you imagine that being like all the time? Now open your eyes. When we open our eyes, perhaps we can fix our eyes on Jesus and be able to embrace what Jesus has in store for each one of us, where our eyes go, where the images in our head are, because that's really a reflection of our heart as well. God has such opportunities and possibilities for every single one of us because we've all been created with a purpose and a plan. And sometimes life goes south, things get hard. I've got a couple friends watching, and I know that you're really going through some really, really tough stuff. Try to fix your eyes on Jesus. And I know that you are, and just keep doing it. And you found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Keeping our eyes focused, open and focused on what the possibilities that God has for us. That's what Jesus was talking about 
when he was teaching the crowd one day, sharing some valuable insights for living using the eye as the gatekeeper of the soul. We like the way Eugene Peterson paraphrases this in uh, his book, The Message. Check it out, Luke eleven thirty three through 36, the message version. No one lights a lamp, then hides it in a drawer. It's put on a lampstand so those entering the room have light to see where they're going. Your eye is a lamp lighting up your whole body. If you live wide-eyed in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. Keep your eyes open, your lamp burning, so you don't get musty and murky. Keep your life as well-lighted as your best-lighted room. Amen. I love the way Eugene Peterson paraphrases this, because when I squint, everybody squint. I mean, things get kind of weird. Open your eyes nice and wide. We can see clearly. <clears throat> no, I can't see that clearly, but I can see <laughs> a little bit, bit more clearly. But our eyes are so important. So important. They're incredible mechanisms that God has given us, allowing us to live in wide-eyed wonder. Say wide-eyed wonder. Wide-eyed wonder of what God has put around us. Lighting up our whole bodies, as Jesus shares here, while at the same time, be careful little eyes what you see, our eyes, they remind us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I wish I could do you, Frank, you, Becky, you, Candy, you, Angie. You, you're all fearfully and wonderfully made. Kira, Emily, all of you, you over there on the other side of the camera, no matter what's going on with your body, what's going on inside, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God loves you so much that he sent his very best so that we could walk this life out in his purpose and plan, embracing that we are created in the image of Jesus, fearfully and wonderfully made. That's the good news of the gospel. Let's believe it. And let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much. Sometimes we just look at ourselves and we think, oh, I don't like the way I look. Oh, this doesn't work. Oh, that doesn't work. And God, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you for loving us so much, so much, that you came to walk among us, talk among us, and show us about new life. Every day is a new opportunity. Lord, use each one of us as people lay their eyes on us. Help them see you. Get us out of the way. Help us reflect who you are and whose we are to those eyes who are watching. 
Lord, some of us are doing this online schooling and our little kids are watching and we might be getting frustrated, Lord. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Some of us are going through some challenges and are feeling discouraged. God, um, find favor upon us. Thank you for embracing us, loving us. And Lord, help us set our eyes and fix our eyes on the things of you. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.